Welcome back to the Loud and Uninformed Podcast. On tonight's pod, we touch on the NFL, some headline news, Staley out as the Chargers coach, Belichick reportedly out at the end of the year in New England, and we discuss if the Chiefs are really that likable anymore. Head into the NBA, does Draymond Green really have a place on an NBA roster anymore? Um, we also talk about the Timberwolves, how they're doing in their hot early start. We do a fun NBA Reddit hypothetical that came up. Uh, we have a couple quick fun debates that we hope you enjoy. Let us know what you would what you would do. And uh, Sage Advice is the San Diego Chargers ownership group. Really, the Pac-12 was awesome. What's going to happen to Bill Wallen? You separate the art from the artist. Oh, no! <laughs> so transparent. You should never, ever do this to, like... Now we're gonna have Shaq and Ernie telling you like what you should be putting your money. <laughs> Guess the honor system isn't good enough for us. It's no, certainly no. not with this group. Up and, and, and Sean went to go grab an angry soda. I don't like him. The locker room doesn't like him. Uh, he's a loser. Well, George does just bring down the ethics of our podcast quite a bit. All of the money yeah. is in me looking good. You're listening to the Loud and Uninformed podcast. Hey, sorry about that. No worries. Your Zoom's just being weird? Well, my laptop died. So first I had to get that plugged in, and then Zoom had to update. And then, like, you know how you start the meeting? It, it like, came up and it just said connecting and wouldn't get past that point. Oh, very festive. Feel them ring. Hear them ring. Is it feel them ring? Hear them ring. What? <laughs> Christmas Day. How's everyone doing? Skylar, I didn't know you had the voice of a angel. Oh, you didn't? Add that to the list of all of his talents. I'll throw it in there. I I didn't know you didn't know. When we host our loud and uninformed karaoke, you'll know. Now I know. All right, let me get you a reasonable. Are we recording? We are recording. Cool. What are what are uh? So, Jeeb, are you off this week? Or did you take off? Yeah. I, I, our PTO is use it or lose it. Um, and oh. I had two weeks left. So I'm like, I'll just oh, like, yeah. take a nice sabbatical. Oh, Jeeb, you're going to have the best week, couple weeks of anybody. Fuck. I know. I did absolutely nothing today. That's so, sweet. Well, I, I went car shopping, actually. So. I was going to say, you actually sounded like you did a lot of stuff. Well, that, that was the only <laughs> thing I did. And that's like, it's fun for me. I, I enjoy shopping for vehicles. So. Did you drive home in a new Lamborghini with your loud and uninformed paycheck? No, unfortunately, we have to get our uh, our ad revenue up before that happens. Sixty one right. cents last year. Can we top it this year? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we might have to get a company car. That's what I. <laughs> That's that a good idea. idea. A company car between the three of us in different locations. <laughs> and it has like a really uh, on the nose like wrap. It's yeah. just like. It has yeah. our faces on the side. Yeah, the the podcast logo on the hood. Yeah, can't tell what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah What's his name? He's the crooner. He's yeah, the driving crooner. <laughs> driving crooner. That's right. I have to find out how to make money yeah. on this. That's our. That's honestly that that uh, that that sketches our entire existence. Is I got to figure out how to make money on this. <laughs> called effort but none of us have it no yeah no well <laughs> yeah pretty much it's not really a get rich quick scheme if it doesn't happen quickly 
we thought we had it in the first three episodes. I don't know where it went. Yeah. Yeah. The appetizers ran away after some of uh, Jeeb's dicier takes. It's true. I would think just... my dicier takes are what attracts some of those appetizers. <laughs> yeah. We could probably what's the coffee company that's like this is the coffee for that like not for liberals? The black uh black rifle. Is that uh, probably their motto? Uh I think it might be worse than that. <laughs> coffee, not for liberals. <laughs> yeah, let me let me look up exactly what their thing is because it's it's really uh it's just like better than own. It, it doesn't... the point of it. Their motto is, with every purchase you make, we give back. Oh, that's a much nicer motto. <laughs> it's veterans. It's veteran owned. Yeah, let me let me look let me go to their about. I don't oh, know. They, no, 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 they, 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 their mission statement is I don't know why we're doing a deep dive into Black Rifle Coffee right now. No, this is important. This is very important. If we if we want their money. Black Rifle Coffee Company will provide premium products, deliver the highest quality customer experience, and serve as the premier coffee company to the conservative customer. There you go. <laughs> I think I think their old marketing used to be even uh, even more on the nose, and I, I get it looks like they've dialed it back a little bit for uh, for broad appeal. That is possible. That is. That's possible. what we've been doing, Sean. I think you're going to have to put an Instagram poll out and get our uh, our audience's political preferences. Yeah, we'll see. I I, I feel like. Most of our listeners are probably not active. I think Skyler's waving to you, Izzy. Hi, Izzy. Hi, Izzy. Yeah, Izzy's here. I like how she's just really far in the background. <laughs> well, I told her. No, I don't think you can be seen. I think you're okay. <laughs> you're fully covering her. It's not a. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But all right, is it time to talk about sports? Are we done with our Black Rifle Coffee segment brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee? We're brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee. If you're liberal, don't listen to this podcast. Yeah, definitely that. That's our new motto. Brought to you by Jeep. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. Political segment done. We always do a short one at the beginning. Um, okay. NFL. Yes, NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jeeves just give me a death stare. Um, I, it's not a death stare. I'm, I'm looking at our agenda for the first time. Uh, <laughs> Don't admit that, Jeeves. That will make not the, on there. It's probably going to be pretty obvious throughout the course of this podcast that I'm not prepared. Well, Jeeves knew we weren't going to talk college football today because there's been nothing to do in college football, so he he already knew basketball was coming. And that uh, news for Jeeves. Oh, it's coming. Oh, it's already here. No, uh, this is great, but it does feel like the big news of the week is obviously Staley out. I remember uh, when the game was happening, I saw a bunch of tweets that were like, "Will the Chargers make history and fire this coach at halftime?" And Christine was like, "With you know, they're not going to fire him like before the season's over, right?" And I, I said right then and there, down forty-two nothing, I was like, I would be very surprised if he was their coach tomorrow afternoon. Yeah. Um, that felt like one of the more obvious firings, and especially like. Uh, uh, when it happened and how quickly and and what a uh, what a what a bad moment it was to end on um, that one felt like it was coming. Do you guys have any broad thoughts about that besides thank goodness? I don't think I've ever seen. We've seen teams quit on coaches before. It definitely happens. It happens. I think harsher in college football than the NFL typically, where you'll they'll know a guy's on the way out and the 
the recruits are already out the door. Because a lot of NFL players, you know, they're still playing for a job next year. That doesn't mean that they believe in the locker room, but they're out there trying to make plays. Yeah. I had never seen so many NFL players just decide that they weren't going to play decent football. Like, it was bad. And yeah. I'll give the Thursday night factor definitely magnitudes it. We have to admit, Thursday nights, weird things happen. Like, sure. always do. Sloppier football. But, yeah, Staley had to go. Um, the coaching staff has to go. They fired the GM, who... Funny enough, I don't think the GM did that poorly of a job if you look at the names on that roster. But, I mean, it's it, obviously he's been there for a while. The team hasn't done anything successful. So, like, I get the well, cleaning house move. Yeah, I, I mean, in in, uh, in defense of the firing, um, it does feel like they're very top-heavy and they spent a lot of resources to get big names, and then a lot of those didn't work out. Like, J.C. Jackson gets bought out, sent back to New England. Um, Quentin Johnson is a miss in the first round that you really needed to hit on. And it looks like everybody that went right after him was a hit. Take that whole few receivers in the first round. Jalen Rager, do not do it. <laughs> don't, and whatever you do, don't look at what the next pick was. Yeah, right. <laughs> it wasn't. But it was uh, Justin Jefferson. But Oh, oh, the, I I thought you were talking about Quentin Johnson. But, no, uh, no, no, no. But for Quentin Johnson, it was Zay Flowers came after him. I mean, Quentin Johnson was the first wide receiver off the board. Jackson Smith and Jigma went after him. Like, um, you know, so. Has JSN been that good? He's been all right. He's flashed. He's looked better as. as better we'll see tonight, baby. But yeah, Quentin Johnson's been terrible. I mean, uh, Quentin Johnson's quarterback doesn't do a great job of putting him in good spots. So. Oh, shut up. <laughs> but no, yeah, that I, will defense, give, I will give I will give Herbert that that there were some drops that Quinn Johnson has had this year that God some bad here. drops that he didn't really do at TCU. I feel like like he didn't have that many drops at TCU. I do. Okay, this is gonna be sound the crazy herd like Herbert take from my end. Remember when Wentz had all those receivers leading the league in drops, and it was this crazy phenomenon happening in Philly. It's like how are all oh, these stop it. Sometimes I think there are some QBs that just don't. And then Nick Foles came in and we won the Super Bowl and he threw what a. What about Mahomes? Mahomes' receivers are having a, a little bit of difficulty. Like, it's like the way he throws the ball. Maybe sometimes the little, the zingers, like once through a missile ball like Herbert, maybe sometimes that's just the harder ball to catch, which I, I'm not like, listen, your NFL receiver hits you in the hands. You got to catch the ball. It's still the receiver's. Yeah, your job is catch ball. Yeah. But like Nick Foles, he threw a little loopy pass every time. Joe Flacco, little loopy pass. They catch them. <laughs> I don't uh, think you're totally off with that take. Like, I, I don't it, – it's not as outrageous as it might seem at first, but um, – no, It's funny, too. The thing that I also think is there's guys who are really well-equipped for it. Like, Travis Kelsey is, like, Mahomes' guy, obviously. Hasn't been great. And then, uh, and then Keenan Allen for Herbert. Like, he doesn't really drop balls much. And then I wonder if it's just tough to adjust. I don't know. I mean, the weird part, the defense up until the Raiders game played really well, like pretty good defense this year. Considering what they had done in past years, because that was always the knock on the Chargers was that their offense was the explosive side and that the defense was letting them down. If you look back at the Chargers previous four weeks leading up to this, I mean, they won a six nothing game against the Patriots. The Patriots are terrible, but their defense pitched a shutout, you know, like they're never easy to do. Their defense had players on it, and their average points per game giving up this year was down where it was the previous years. Obviously, the Raiders number is going to skew that out of control. <laughs> but, yeah. but it, you know, I, I still think the roster's not bad. And Staley, 
I remember back when we fired Doug Peterson as an Eagles fan, Staley refused to even get on the plane to come interview. He was so set on the Chargers. And everybody in Philly, Staley was one of the top picks, of, like guys that people wanted. He's Mr. Analytics. Like I remember this coming in, that he was the hot name at the time. Oh, and, yeah. we're, and we're all like, what the hell? We're not even going to get an interview with the best candidate. Who's this Nick Sirianni guy? We went to the Super Bowl. He's fired and not going to get another head coaching job. Well, and the other thing, too, that I think you're kind of like like you're you're alluding to a little bit is I think the Chargers might be one of the best jobs in the league. Beyond getting well, yourself in L.A., you know, nice weather, the whole thing, you have a young mercurial quarterback. You have stars all over the roster. And so I think it might be a little bit more daunting the more you dig in, but the Chargers is a very attractive job. I mean, I would. So what direction, obviously Belichick's been thrown around. Do you go with more of a defensive guy and let Herbert figure it out himself? Or do you want the offensive minded coach to come in? And I don't even know who uh, will be available. Uh, yeah, it's to- tough right now because I think you, you don't want one of the coaching candidates that have flamed out elsewhere, which is starting to feel like there's more of those guys than normal. So I wonder maybe if you're willing to go like into the college ranks, but again, like because this is such a good job, I really think that you could pry some people free. What about uh, what about if the commanders? I really think Belichick's going to be a commander because I think the Patriots are going to look to trade him instead of release him, even though reports are saying that Belichick is time's done at the end of this year. Um, I have seen those reports, and we should have a real conversation about that. But quickly, while we're still in the Chargers area. I think Bill, in my mind, the commanders makes more sense because it's new ownership group. They want to make a splash. They're probably willing to trade for him. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. Why not be enemy? Why not bring the enemy to San Diego? Because I don't think the enemy is going to want to wait around again as the offensive coordinator, like, especially under Belichick. Come on. The enemy's not going to stick around there. Yeah. I mean, in my mind, the enemy's getting groomed for the job. I don't know if that's the feeling that you guys have. That's an interesting point that you just said. I hadn't really thought about that because you're going to have to trade for him no matter what I think, unless the Patriots well, straight up fire him. Just, it depends. It's going to be a hold your ground thing. Is it going to be like Sean Payton where he's not going to coach for a year, but he's still under contract with the Patriots, you know, like, yeah. so we'll see. And Bill's old. So it's not like he can wait very long. No, not too long. <laughs> Get back in the game. Um, might find his way in too many Southie apartments late at night. Uh, but what a, what a ridiculous <laughs> Bill. It's uh, Coach Oark. Yeah, yeah, it's Coach Oark. I uh, this might be a hot take. I think Bill's cooked. I wouldn't want him like if the we Titans... will get there, George. Let's finish talking right, about right, Chargers sorry. first. Again, I, I just got to say, I, I couldn't believe how how ridiculously a group of NFL players quit on a playing a football game. The Raiders. Yeah, I mean, if, I, if I'm a Chargers <laughs> fan, this is like great that it happened like this because I think if you wait for the off season and the Chargers end up sniffing the playoffs but not really quite getting there, and now you have more difficult decisions to be made. I like that it was so embarrassing that the trigger had to be pulled like the like not 12 hours later. So I think it really gives you a hard restart. I wouldn't be surprised if the Chargers like played well to finish out the season that if we saw like a little bit of a resurgence because people actually like want to bounce. Yeah, 
yeah being in gambling it's like they account for the interim coach yeah because he's a likable guy like the antonio pierce thing obviously it i mean it kind of happened in carolina this week it happened in carolina it happened in in uh vegas when it was rich basaccia if you guys remember that guys remember jeff saturday coached a team last year and was very good maybe he's the next person up on the list pretty good he was one in seven one in seven baby it was a fun one in seven, though. It he, was was fun. he won his first game, the interim coach bet. <laughs> Always bet on the oh, interim yeah. in their first game. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Staley's probably going to find his way back in an offensive coordinator position would be my guess. He's a D coordinator. Sorry, defensive coordinator. Um, I wouldn't want him within. Mark Patricia is now a D coordinator again, so you can really mess up and find your way back as a defensive coordinator anywhere. You that go. is true. Well, so and I think a lot of it. I think a lot of what's not like the uh, the intangibles of being a head coach are you know getting a locker room to buy into you, essentially being like the CEO. I think a lot of those things aren't necessarily super translatable from coordinating. Because Staley was always a good coordinator. I think he'll go back to being a good coordinator. Like, I don't think that he's, like, a bad football mind or anything. I just don't think he was in a position to to command a team. True. All right. Um, t- Sticking in the AFC West, I've kind of – the Chiefs. So, obviously, they beat the Eagles in the Super Bowl last year. I don't love the Chiefs, but it's not like I hate them like the Patriots dynasty or – like, I, I despise them. Like, I didn't want them to win a game. I hate the Cowboys. Da, 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 da. I've never really disliked the individuals on the Chiefs sort of thing. Yeah. The last couple Mahomes weeks. Holmes is, like, fun to watch versus, like, Brady just kind of, like, dribbling. I've seen Mahomes complain to refs before. But this. Who, what quarterback game, hasn't? Right. But this Bills game incident, like. Do you guys kind of feel like the charm of the Chiefs is finally wearing off? And it's like, these guys. I feel like they're losing the darling status where like they're so amazing. And now I, I think can... it was <laughs> it was wearing off last year with the Jackson Mahomes stuff. Like yeah. people were going in on the like people didn't like you... the Chiefs because of Jackson Mahomes. All the Instagram, like the NFL meme accounts, when the Chiefs would lose, it'd be like, oh, this guy is uh you know, it was it was all Jackson Mahomes means. Uh, so I don't think that was a good look. Brittany's still out and about and annoying. Um, and so I think people don't like that. I don't think people had anything against Mahomes uh, until the Super Bowl. I think that kind of turned a lot of people's heads, especially Eagles fans. Um, and, and it's just because like that was kind of a, a bullshit call, if I say so myself. Uh, and then this year, obviously, um, I mean, it, it was pass interference, but ticky-tacky. Uh, and then this year, obviously, we, we've seen the past couple weeks. Where... Yeah, I think I think the, the Bills thing was ridiculous. Um, I think to go up in a press conference and actually basically say that your argument is like, he was off sides, but it was too cool to like, <laughs> not like, how do you not hear yourself? Yeah. This is that's, the, that's the NBA argument where LeBron should get all the calls. It's stupid. I get what Jeep's saying. I, I mean, it, it's just like uh, beyond the press conference, going up to Josh Allen after the game, who like has his own struggles on field at times, but like is a good guy. Seems <laughs> like a great guy to have a handshake with after the game. Like clearly 
didn't know what to do when Patrick Mahomes coming up to him when they do their their normal hey. stay healthy man good game like yeah. Mahomes he, is, ha- he handled it well he was just like all right I'm just bullshit. gonna walk away Patrick Mahomes was like bullshit call man bullshit call and Josh Allen was like what <laughs> okay. yeah it's uh, so dumb it's a regular season game like and get me wrong the Chiefs are what nine and four now oh yeah they won yesterday there, there's a nine, good, and- nine and five there's a good chance they will have to go play somewhere else in the playoffs for the first time in a long time. Very uh, good chance. Ever in Mahomes' case, which was shocking to me. Yeah. yeah, I didn't know that either. Well, if you think about how the AFC was structured once Brady left. But he was there when Brady was still there. Right. And the, the twilight of the Patriots Brady, the pick six to end his career in, yeah. in England. Like those teams weren't the great Brady teams of old and then no. Tampa and they made great rosters there, but that's in the NFC. Like, yeah, no, you're right. You're power right. vacuum that the chiefs just filled very well. Yeah. And, but like, that's what I'm getting. Like I, something about this year, maybe it's because Jackson Mahomes last year was so hateable and absorbed so much of it. And he's been completely off the scene because of his legal stuff. Like yeah. they are really removing him from stuff. The that, other interesting thing is I think the, the one guy that's super easy to root for is Travis Kelsey. And especially with all the Taylor Swift stuff. But he's been <laughs> playing really badly for like five weeks. And it it's there's it's much less endearing to like go up to the booth and have Taylor Swift be like, oh my God, this sucks. <laughs> Versus like when he was there, when she first came, it was like the first three games, right? He had a hundred yards every single time, was scoring touchdowns, the Chiefs are blowing guys out. So like you lose all the charm from that. Like nobody gives a shit if Taylor Swift's there when Travis Kelsey is just like dropping touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Hey, so, hey, Izzy, do you like Travis Kelsey? Do you like Travis Kelsey? No, I mean, she said, "No, I hate him. He really annoys me." Wow, <laughs> he's a tryhard. He, he is a bit of a tryhard. Well, I would hope it, that he's trying hard. Gronk was just so over the top, goofy, and like. Uh, yeah, like I, he, Gronk didn't try. He was just an, a natural goofball, whereas Kelsey gets on the mic and, and... I don't know. I still really like him. In fact, I would say in the wake of Mahomes and Andy Reid both being um, incredibly childish and annoying about that call, his response is like, what are you going to do? True. He was at least the more grounded of them, but... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe this is what happens, and then it's going to hurt even more when Patrick Mahomes wins four more Super Bowls, and I'm like, I don't even like the guy anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it's uh, it's stupid to even have this conversation after what happened last year, so I don't even really want to have it. But, boy, something about this roster construction feels like it's going to catch up to the Chiefs at some point, right? <laughs> like, it is. It looks bad, and he had no receivers last year, and it didn't seem to matter. But this is bad. I'll, I will say this. We're not really talking about Super Bowl picks and even really matchups this week, but I don't know if they're the favorite anymore. I'm not out on them because the only time that the Chiefs with Mahomes haven't done well is when their offensive line hasn't been up to snuff. Their line's still good. Yeah. The receivers need to get it together. Like their best receiver, who my dad's going to love this show, is a U Penn grad who's playing well, Watson. I don't know about that. I don't know if uh, you really want an Ivy Leaguer to be your best skill player. Yeah, no, <laughs> this definitely. This is also... Ivy Leaguers are not known for their defense. explosive athleticism. 
This is the best defense they've had in the Mahomes era, too. Right. So that is one thing that you have to take into account. But the receiver no, 100%, is but the question is, is Mahomes well equipped as a quarterback to be the kind of, you know, game manager, win with defense kind of guy? And I don't really think so. But like he looked bad against the Patriots. The Patriots suck. Yeah. I mean, he looked better than Herbert against the Patriots. Bill Belichick's defense. I mean, it's not. That's true. That's true. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see where that develops. Okay. Now let's talk about Bill. Let's talk about Bill. We're back with talking about the Patriots. Let's talk about Let's Bill. Please. Reports came out, and apparently it was a fairly credible guy that's in the know in New England saying that it's already been decided post the Germany game that Bill will not be returning next season. It's not going to be an on an on the field on the tarmac hiring like some were believing it would be in Germany, um, but what what are your thoughts there as the as the Patriots fan, Skyler? What, what what is this next era? Yeah, so so a couple things. The first thing was that I was surprised that because when I, I saw the report and I saw who did it, I was like, oh man, but then it didn't really get picked up like that. Like it didn't feel I and I haven't watched a whole lot of ESPN, but I, I'm usually relatively active on various platforms and it did not look like that was getting amplified in any kind of big way. And then I was watching the game yesterday and they were talking about him like he was already gone. So I don't really know where everything is with that. If I was in charge, I would give him another year. I think that it's super reasonable, like how these last three years have gone. I mean, this was a playoff team with Mac Jones and now Mac Jones has just fallen off of a cliff. Like, what are you going to do? So I still think Belichick is is the best coach in the league. I would probably take away his GM responsibilities and bring somebody else in. Um, but overall, um, you know, it's it'd be really sad if he unceremoniously went out like this. Um, that being said, if he does end up getting replaced, I hope that it I hope that part of this is because there's so much belief in the building around Gerard Mayo that people think, think that it's his time. And that he's ready and they're going to end up moving Belichick and just sliding Gerard Mayo up. Cause I don't know what kind of outside hire you could bring in. That would make me even the slightest bit excited unless it was Vrabel. Sorry. Uh, apparently that, uh, that got shut down. I was a little nervous about that for a while. Yeah, he has too many years on his contract. Yeah. So yeah, I, I feel like it's gotta be Gerard Mayo or bust, but I mean, you don't you don't want to follow up Belichick either. No, but it was funny. I don't know. Did you guys watch the broadcast yesterday, the Patriots game? I can't imagine it was one o'clock. I'm sure you guys were watching Red Zone, but there was a lot of talk about how this has gone in the past, like what it looked like when they moved from Tom Landry to Jimmy Johnson, um, like what it looks like when you move on from these great coaches. And to be honest, all of that happened long before my sports fandom existed, long before I existed. So. It, it was interesting to hear about those things because you never, when we talk about Tom Landry and his legacy and all of that, you never really talk about when things started to go sour and then you had to get rid of him and replace him and what that kind of looks but, like. But so they did like a pretty long segment about it. The Tom Landry ending was different though because didn't he have like five straight terrible seasons and it's just like, it's Tom Landry and then Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys and he wanted to make a splash so we fired. No, so I know that Jerry Jones is the person who did it. I they I I don't know if that was that he bought it, but um sure it was the first year cuz Jimmy Johnson was his college buddy. Ah, ah, interesting. But they uh, were doing this for a bunch of coaches. They did it for Shula. Yeah. Um, you know. So 
I really don't know. This is uncharted territory for for me. Um, I kind of hope Belichick sticks around because I still really believe in him. I think these defenses look incredible. Um, and I think if we end up with the second overall pick and take a quarterback, it'll kind of be a shame to move on and have that be year one. But who do knows? You, do you trust him to develop a quarterback who's not Tom Brady? Yes, I think all of that stuff is is really overblown. I'd love to see Josh McDaniels back in the building. Another guy who I think has the Staley gene of he's just not a leader of men, but he's a good football guy. Like he's always been a good offensive coordinator X's for the and O's. X's and O's guy. And he's, you know, he's he knows what what a good offensive locker room looks like. And he's been there with Belichick before. So, so I'd love to see him come back. What? What, Sean? Just when you have these long tenured coaches, and it might be different because obviously it's Bill Belichick who isn't just a long tenured coach; he's also the all time greatest coach up there with the greats and stuff. Oh, thanks. His assistants have never really done that well. Like you have Rabel, who's a good coach, but like his coaching tree isn't like Andy Reid's coaching tree. Isn't like no, a hundred percent. But I think a lot of that is because of how difficult. It is to be in the shadow of like an absolute I mean, leader. My next thing I'm saying, you're saying like McDaniel and them. Don't you think Kraft's going to go the opposite and look for a non-Belichickian disciple and try and bring in a new era? So I would not want McDaniel to be the head coach. I would, I would be very upset if he ended up being a head coach. This is in a scenario where where Belichick sticks around and they maybe try to like bring themselves back to normal. Sorry, I thought we were assuming he was gone. Um, no, 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 no. That oh, but you're saying like bringing him in along Gerard Mayo. Yeah, I thought you meant like you still want some Belichickian mindset yeah. around the team. Well, so that'll be the curious thing because Gerard Mayo's been being groomed, and I think that the idea of needing a Belichick replacement is not a new one. Sure. And so I think that that it'd be interesting to see if they cleaned house. I don't think they would do that, but if there's some candidate that's like super appealing. Like, I don't even know who exactly I would think of, but if there was a college coach, like, this would never happen. But what? Saban comes back. (laughs) No, I'm like, I'm like, Lincoln Riley is like, fuck it. I'm going to coach an NFL team, right? Like, if something like that were to happen, um, I could see Lincoln Riley. I don't know if he wants to compete in the Big Ten. I don't think he does either. Yeah, no. I, I, he's, he has to have been signed to a pretty uh, long-term contract, I have to imagine. Ten years, yeah. Is it ten um, years? Yes, we got a yeah. while. But college, I, it doesn't seem like it's too much of an issue for college coaches to get out of their contract. So, I'm not a lawyer. That is but, true. That's- well, Skyler, what you just asked for is quite literally what happened post Andy Reid as we hired Chip Kelly, who was the innovative yes. college coach. And 100%. And then we went back to an Andy Reid disciple in Doug Peterson, and it worked out. So, I mean, like, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I think sometimes when you have these long-tenured coaches, ownership thinks they're the smartest people in the room, and they're going to The problem with sports in general is there's it's such a small sample size no matter what. And so then we just, like, look at things that have worked in the past and go, like, oh, that's going to work. And then whatever ends up working is something that's just – totally different and then everybody goes well that's now the thing that's gonna work when the reality is it's it's all random like you need good people and that's kind of the common denominator so it's wherever we're gonna find somebody like that is 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 where it's gonna be it could be one of the innovative college coaches they're not all gonna burn it down like chip kelly but um 
Yeah. I just, I hope that they take a, one of the things they said on the broadcast yesterday, which I thought was really, really summed it up well, was you can make the move to replace him, but you can only do so if you are incredibly confident with who the replacement is and that you're ready to announce him about a day later. So that's kind of where I am with it too. Um, I think if if the people in the building feel like it's a time for the decision to be made, I don't necessarily agree with that. But if it is, you know, it's got to be somebody that we're ready to, you know, throw every ounce of confidence behind. Um, but I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts. Like, do you think that it's actually time to move on? I think you better do it now. Even though the defenses look great, I don't think he's ever going to be the guy to turn around a young quarterback. And that's kind of, unless you guys want to invest in an old one, which I don't, I don't know. I, I, I just wouldn't want Bill Belichick to be my coach when you're trying to figure out the offensive side of the ball with young players. Yeah. He doesn't invest in the offense. He never has. Like he does the line and running backs and like obviously Brady was the offense, but like he never invests in the offense. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, it's ever since ever since in 08 when they had when the the offense was so good and we went out and got Randy Moss and all of that and then ever and that since even, that was even buying on the cheap because it was Randy Moss who was burning Yeah, had went. some issues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know. I uh I'm I'm Jeep. I'm curious about you. What do you think? Time to move on. I mean, I kind of mentioned it earlier. Like, I I don't trust him to put time and effort to develop a to get the best out of a young quarterback. Like, I think if you do stick with Belichick, the best option would be to get a guy like. I mean, I don't know what Garoppolo's contract looks like, or if he'd be easy to trade for. Just get like a vet who, you know, nothing special, but won't mess up. Get Flacco back in there, although he's going to be like forty uh next year i was so. playing great he's uh, looking good but one more thing about Belichick. that wouldn't go as far as to say he's looking good but i think he looks pretty good but um the nfl changes like it's the football is evolving we see it at the college level i think it, it hits the college level before it hits the nfl is belichick's style of coaching the is that a a key to success like will that work and yeah. i i I hope it will because we're we're kind of putting our ducks in uh, Brable's basket. So yeah, <laughs> I hear that, but we'll see. We'll see. It's interesting, Jeeb. I, I Jeeb, I think we kind of have the same mindset. Like you need a very strong offensive coach on the staff, and I don't know. Like you need another head coach just for the offense. <laughs> It's kind yeah. of what it's looked like. Well, that, that's the thing is like off if you have an effective offense and a good coordinator, they get hired within two years. So oh. if I'm a GM, I'm absolutely making my hire on the offensive side of the ball, especially as the game evolves to uh, the point where you have to score more points. The Patriots should hire Brian Johnson from the Eagles. Please, please hire please. him. Please, 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 please. Please do. You know we're going to go out be, just because the names are close enough. We'll go get Joe Brady. Do we want to talk about the Eagles real quick? Because my question is, and this this goes along with my Sirianni hate, but what does Sirianni yeah. do? He's not, calling, <laughs> not calling plays. He, he just creates sound bites occasionally. And I, too, have soured a bit on Sirianni. He panders. That's what his job is. He panders to Philadelphians. He comes out in Philly shirts and Sixers jerseys. And now, I mean. So he's a politician. So if, like. As I'm someone trained it like glued into the beat writers in Philly, it's very obvious if you followed the Eagles under the later Laurie era, which I would call the Chip Kelly era and beyond. 
Jeffrey Lurie likes to have power in decision making going on with the team. He's a very on hand always good owner. But we've been a very successful franchise under him. So it's not something I'm necessarily disappointed with. He often makes the right decisions with things. It came news out that Howie Roseman actually made the decision to move Sean Desai, demote him, and put uh, Patricia as our defensive coordinator moving forward, which I've never heard of 10 and 3 teams switch out coordinators. <laughs> but I thought he was doing a great job in the beginning of the year. He was, but we have the worst third down defense in the league. And we just played a couple really good teams, which. Don't be wrong. I think we're burnt out. We're a little banged up, and it was a terrible, hard stretch of games. And we went three and two of them. And I said I'd be very happy if we went three and two in that stretch um, at the start of it. But we got annihilated by two teams in our conference um, that did everything they wanted to do with us. And I don't think, listen, a lot of Eagles fans would agree with this. The offensive coordinator is the one we dislike more than the defensive coordinator. But we had an in-house guy that was a successful defensive coordinator for like eight seasons in Patricia. So we don't have anybody to call plays. We don't have anybody on the offensive side to do that because he's the coach of the Colts now. Um, So Sirianni, people have been asking for him to do And has been doing great, by the way. Steigen's having a hell of a year. That's for another. um, People have been calling for Sirianni to take over play calling. But what I would say to that is you don't think this guy's – spending a majority of his time during the week building the offensive game plan. Like, he's already glued into it. I don't think changing the exact play caller from Sirianni, from sorry, from Brian Johnson to Sirianni will be an immediate fix. I think we need to look back. I was watching the Colts game, and they came up and they say the Colts are leading the league in RPOs. Last year, that was the Eagles, and the Eagles' offense looked a lot more efficient last year, I should say. I, I We can go into the Cowboys game and everything, but I didn't think the offense – play calling was that poor we dropped a bunch of passes and had three fumbles like you're not going to win a game that way yeah yeah, you drop anything you want as long as um but so i don't know it's it's interesting does it bode well does it feel good no but baby if we beat the seahawks tonight we're in firm control of the nfc east the two seed will be all but locked up the eagles are already in the playoffs is gino playing so Gino and Hertz, I've been literally as we've been talking, I've been just looking at Twitter. Neither of them have announced if they're playing or not. They're both listed. I saw Hertz is playing just like two minutes ago. Good. Um, but yeah, it'll be an interesting end. Obviously, I think the Niners, I think they have a hard game left, but I mean they're so good. I think they get the one seed, and the Eagles are just trying to hold on to that too, which might not be a bad path because the Cowboys are gonna have to go play the Niners if the one <laughs> you know so we'll see it's an interesting time in philadelphia i'll say that much because it feels like the world's burning but we're 10 and 3 and our only losses are one bad loss to the jets but the niners and the uh cowboys who are both really good teams <laughs> you know so that's the philly minute also i went back and i did my uh i did my superstitions i haven't done them in a while i'm wearing my Ertz jersey i went and got a mike and merrill philly special beer I haven't done them in a while, and that's why we're losing. So that's, that's our old that, way. That is why. That's definitely why. Is how is, many Philly? How many different, like specific superstitions do you think? Just a combined in the Philly area, like I would tell you, hundred thousand. They did a whole city millions of people doing specific little things. It's like, oh, if I do it this way, the Eagles it, won't lose. It's very true, and 
when the Phillies were not the most recent year, but two years ago when they made that run to the World Series, I wore the same exact stretched out uh, Tar Heel blue Phillies collared shirt every single playoff game. And I couldn't stop wearing it because they just kept winning. <laughs> I didn't want to wear it. I had a Phillies jersey, but I was like, I, I got to wear it. I know yeah. some my cousin's wedding. He was one of the groomsmen. And he said his whole family's diehard Eagles fans. They don't wear any green or any team memorabilia on game days. They never do. The one time they did is they wore a jersey last Super Bowl. And they all yelled at his mom to take it off. What happened that day? The Eagles lost the Super Bowl. Coincidence? I think not. I think not. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, Izzy was like looking at me and she's like, why are we going to the brewery real quick before your podcast? I'm like, I have to get the beer for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> not smart. That'll, that'll have an effect. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. That's the update, pal. That's, that's a dumb update. The whole thing. It pisses me off when like Apple updates their stuff and like, okay, now I have to go figure out how to use my iPhone again. Oh, I, I realize later. I sound like an old person when I say that, but it's like, yes, you do. like, look at Excel, like Excel just does not make any updates. And it's so nice because everybody knows how to use it and you don't have to relearn anything. And it's great. That's true. Um, just to, Quick little end note. We were just talking about what does Sirianni do? And I said he panders. Well, I just went upstairs to take a quick pee and the local news was on showing Sirianni and Patricia walking on the sideline before the game. And Patricia's taking a play out of him. He's wearing a Phillies jersey. It's just learning from the boss. Pander to the Eagles fans. Oh, Patricia's wearing one? Patricia's wearing one. Oh, we'll quickly, quickly get behind you. I, I hate I I I hate them so much. Yeah, not uh, Patricia. I hate Sirianni. I, I hate I, Patricia. If that makes you feel any better. All right, there we go. I'll hate him too. Then I trust. Yeah, he's a former Patriots Patriots coordinator from upstate New York. I sh- he should be perfect for me, and I hate him. It's because he's a rocket scientist, and you're not. Exactly. I'm just jealous. Did he have a pencil in his ear? It looked like he might have. Um, but anyway, time to talk. Everybody's been waiting for it. He took the pencil out of his ear. <laughs> Some NBA basketball. Let's go. Um, and I want to start. And and Jeeb, you can probably contribute actually pretty decently to this because you haven't had to watch a second of NBA basketball. You definitely saw this on Twitter. Draymond Green just straight up hunched a guy in the face, acted like he didn't mean to, and now is suspended indefinitely and has to go to like counseling before he can rejoin the team. I, what is a, you know, I, I, I do it. think it was a little bit of an accident. I He was trying to hurt him, but I don't think he expected to just catch him clean on the chin like that. Yeah, this is nothing new. I don't know why we're surprised. Like the, yeah, it, the like whole, on the list of all the things he's done, this is like not top five. Yeah, punching somebody in the face. Like yeah, the Jordan Poole one Adams is in the ball twice. Like the kicking Stephen Adams in the ball. So blatant both. That one's worse. Yeah. Way worse. Uh, it, it's just like, why are we getting so upset about this time? It was because there's, it was so many in rapid succession. Because this came like a week after the Rudy Gobert chokehold. Yeah, he straight up choked Rudy Gobert. Yeah, that one was ridiculous. That, was that one was worse too. Um, whether or not it's worse or not, 
I just am still amazed at the new ways he's finding to get these suspensions because this one for anybody that didn't, you should definitely look it up. They were just like back against front. That was a weird way to say it, but Draymond yeah. was backing into one. He was somebody. grinding on him. Yeah, Pretty so he's pumping and grinding. And he didn't like that he was there, so he did a three sixty wailing of his closed fist around and caught the guy and dropped him. It was a clean hit. Um, and then immediately said, "I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to." What else are you doing with your arm wailing with a closed fist up that high? I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But anyway, on top of that, Draymond is not the Draymond of old. Um, in terms of his on-court contributions. He hasn't been in a couple years. Um, and I would say the antics are getting worse and more, uh, n- not even necessarily worse, but more frequent. For sure. For sure. Um, and I think that might come from a place of frustration on his own where he can no longer play the game he used to be able to. So then he's succumbing to more and more dirtiness to make up for that. But he's doing it in such a blatant and violent way. <laughs> yes. Yeah not working but this kind of all comes down to there was a lot of talk that maybe the Warriors wouldn't even bring him back this offseason and they made something work do you think they're regretting that like do you think there's really a space for this version of Draymond anymore so I think luckily the good part about rock bottom is there's nowhere lower to go so I think that the indefinite suspension will probably be a big wake-up call. Because I think in the past, the antics have not been dealt with in a way that made them seem like actually detrimental. And then, I don't know if you guys saw Steve Kerr's press conference right afterwards, where he was basically like, this is Draymond's fault. Draymond needs to figure this out. Like, he is... There's only one person involved in this, and it's him. And I hope he gets better. So, I think this will be a moment of reflection for him, hopefully. And that he'll come back with a different attitude. Um, and it's, I disagree. It's I want to see him even dirtier. Like, let's. <laughs> People have been saying just like throw him in a WWE ring, you know, like let him become a star. Who was the recent athlete that said when uh, when they go low, I go lower? It was like in response to some statement. I have to look this up. Keep going. Keep going. That is so funny. I've seen a lot of things too about Draymond. Like should get trained in MMA because. At you know six seven like two fifty, he could probably put put on weight if that's what he was doing. He would make for quite the physical specimen in the ring. Oh, he'd get murdered. I mean, he probably would just because he's two. But I mean, athlete, huge, a pension for punching. He could be good. He could be very good. But yeah, I think that this uh, you know tying this into some actual basketball talk, it's a little emblematic of the Warriors' larger. Struggles, which is just that Steph is still nasty and like a top five player in the world. And his former running mates are no longer good. So Draymond's not very good. Clay's not very good. And they just really effectively found out a good way to build a roster around him. So this might go down as a lost year and then they'll have to like totally retool and figure it out again. Um, But, you know, it's kind of disappointing because, because, you know, Steph is is still so good, and, you know, we'd love to see him in the playoffs and playing well. It's when the NBA is the most fun. And I think, though, he's very easy to, even at his his old age, Steph Curry, he'll be very easy to build around because he's just Oh, so, 100%. He'll be good for a long time. Uh, shooting ability. So you can build a roster that works for that. What's kind of interesting is there is, like, lines out there for a Draymond Green trade. And Sixers are because I think the Sixers are just going to be involved in everything, like Tobias Harris salary match, da 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 da. But yeah, 
they're like the fourth favorite to land him. I wouldn't want this guy near my team. And I don't know who at this point would want him near their team. Yeah, it's this interesting thing, though, because he's won a lot. And so I think that there's an interesting middle ground where normally the uh, you don't usually have like the problem athlete with the championship pedigree kind of thing. But he's one example because I could totally see the argument for Philly where you go, we have not been able to get over the hump. You could argue that the talent's been there the whole time and that this is something to do with 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 something inside the building mentally, whatever. Bringing in somebody with some championship pedigree is a good thing. But then I would say that what he's done lately has run totally opposite to what you would expect like your championship pedigree guy to be doing. So, I mean, I mean, I I agree with you, Sean. I wouldn't want him right now, but I don't think you'd have to make a massive leap to figure out why he'd be an attractive addition to a team like the Sixers is trying to get over the hump. No, I agree. I think turn up the heat on him beat a little bit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Imagine those practices, though, between him and Pat Bev. Just like the, yeah, the we already shit have the that chemistry. must go down. We, we already have that. Bet. We have the camera. No, I know, and I, that's what I'm saying. We used to have practice. PJ Tucker last year who, in front of cameras, would yell at Embiid on the bench. Like, we've yeah. had those guys that also just weren't Draymond getting suspended left and right. Well, so, but neither of those guys I would put in the championship pedigree category. Like, do either of them have a chip? I don't think PJ so. PJ Tucker does. That's why we have one of the more. Oh, yeah, yeah, players. of course, yeah. Wow. Um, I don't know if that really even counts. Not uh, he was pivotal. That corner three was really essential. I don't know. Comparing him to Draymond in championship pedigree, even though in the past we've had Danny Green on the roster, even to start the season we had Danny Green on the roster. Um, So like, I don't, I don't want to go that route. And Bede's actually having the greatest season of any individual in history. So I'm curious, who are the top three in the odds to land him? Did you see? Um, it was a quick Twitter thing. Let me see. Draymond. Who would want? Him? Yeah, that's why it's it's all got to be all. It's got to be like the Lakers have got to be up there. The Clippers fit them. <laughs> I I don't. Oh, the Mavericks are the favorite. Oh, see, that's a that's a great example, right? Like that makes sense. It's Mavericks. Like, that'll be it's great team chemistry. Yeah. It's Mavericks plus 210, Lakers plus 300, Cleveland plus 500, and Pacers plus 500. Cleveland. Interesting. And yeah. Indiana. That's so funny. But I yeah, think- if, I, if I was the Warriors, I would. I feel like it's time to turn a page on this dynasty and start moving some of those guys and see how long you can have Steph be good for because the current system is not going to work. And that's why their GM left. He said he didn't want to be the guy that had to break up. Yeah. Maybe- sort of thing so like he couldn't even do it so he left the job yeah uh, but just kind of soft i feel like if you're a gm so soft that's like the dream right i'll go take that job no that's i respect that it's like you built something incredible uh your work's done like are you you don't need to go prove yourself again or do it on another team but like but I feel like the fun part is like you, uh, you have walked into a job where you have been blessed with the greatest shooter of all time. Like this is where you made he, your money. Like, he selected it out. Steph, didn't he? Yeah, I think. Well, uh, so who I drafted? I don't know how long he's been around, so I wouldn't be able to say that with any amount of confidence. But I feel like there's there's a, a lot more difficult stars to build around than Steph. Your spacing stuff's not really an issue. 
I mean, obviously, like you, he can play with anybody. He's very selfish. He, he's very unselfish. He can play without the ball. Like that's a team that could be very good very quickly. So I hope that they make the uh, the requisite moves. Um, but what we should talk about is a team that is already very good. Who is the Timberwolves? Who look like it might just be the best team in the regular season this year. They could take that crown away they from could. the Jazz of old. They could. They could. Also, who also <laughs> featured Rudy Gobert. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> it's an interesting common denominator here. Does it work in the playoffs? Is there a way it works in the playoffs? Well, first I'd say Anthony Edwards needs to stay out of the news line. So some bad <laughs> stay off. Um, but if you're gonna have a conversation with your baby mama, do it over the phone. Don't yeah. put it over the phone. I didn't love to see that, but um I don't think it will impact the Timberwolves. But to keep going forward with the Timberwolves themselves, if they win tonight, they will have an NBA best record tied with the Celtics with only five losses. And they will hold a three-game lead in the West, which is very early, but that's that's not a significant, insignificant lead. By no, all not at all. Games. Um, I think Anthony Edwards on the court is legit. Uh, he's a good. He's he's everything that was promised as the number one pick in a year that people didn't really see much talent. Um, Towns is finally kind of manning up. Like he's Settling always been good. He's always been good, but he's never really been adult about it is how i'd say i've always looked at towns as kind of an immature player um, yeah. but he needs to come through and maybe that's because rudy gobert's leadership which you can laugh about rudy gobert offensively and him as a playoff player but the guy the guy has been on some really good regular season teams as either the first piece or the or the two piece so his leadership's clearly having an impact they just they're, they're good and and they might they might end up holding a top two seed when this is all said and done at the end of the year, I could see it. Yeah, it's cool. The it's almost like the uh, the vision when they got Rudy Gobert was obviously now Cat doesn't have to be a rim protector. You have right. a one of the best rim protectors to ever play the game, um, so you can push him off ball. And um, you know, I think a lot of people didn't think that that was going to work out, but it did. And it almost it looked last year with the Cavaliers like it was almost going to work out too. That twin tower lineup, and then the issue was that one of them couldn't shoot. So the fact that Cat can, like, this is a kind of an unprecedented roster construction. We've really never seen anything like this. So um, the other thing that I saw, I saw a piece yesterday that was about, like, why are the Timberwolves good? Because they don't play any bad players, which is so funny to think about. But they, they really have a very, very deep rotation where um, I believe that when they were talking about who the – who the worst player is that they've been playing. And they were saying Shake Milton, who was yeah, a starter for the Sixers and has not gotten worse or anything. He's still very, very good. So saying yeah. he was a starter is is a stretch. A starter-ish. <laughs> he he, was, he would start occasionally. <laughs> yeah, when we COVID year when we were down to six man in one team. Um, yeah, exactly. He'd be he'd be one of the he'd be top yeah, five, top six. Shake had flashes. He had a 40 point game at one point when we were yeah. below on the ice, but yeah, he's not a bad worst player to be playing. I get, I get what you're saying here. Like I watched the Sixers trot out Marcus Moore senior. And yeah, exactly. Scratch my head and bang it against the wall. Every time I see him take a elbow jumper, when Embiid stand down on the post against a point guard on him. Uh, but 
sometimes this stuff is going to happen with the, all your teams. But then that's like you're saying, it sounds dumb, but in the grand scheme of things for a regular season, like that's exactly what you need to do. Yeah. And I think, I think that that there are more, uh, I think the ceiling is much higher on the Timberwolves than any of those jazz teams. Um, Donovan Mitchell is obviously really good, um, but I'd take Anthony Edwards and cat over Donovan Mitchell in a heartbeat. I think Anthony Edwards is a much more efficient player, which yeah. works with Gobert. Um, and he, because- he's just physically like, you know, Anthony Edwards is like six, six, like he can really guard like one through three. Donovan Mitchell can hardly guard the one. Like he's like six, two. Right. And so it was just kind of a weird, you know, you have a, you have one guy who has the defensive deficiencies and then you have Rudy Gobert who can't do anything on offense. So I don't know. That'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on, especially as we get to the playoffs, because I think it, I think it looks good on paper. Mm-hmm. Um, And one final thing, NBA here. I did have a listener reach out with this request for us to talk about this post. <laughs> so I sent the post to Jeep. Did you take time to read it? Uh. <laughs> Um, I'll, I'll read it out anyway so the listeners know what's up. But, Jeeb, you'll enjoy this. So This is from a little while ago. Just Oh, I saw this on the, uh, the itinerary. Yep. So a Reddit user made a post. Um, and this was last year, I think. So this is when the Nets were really in the dumps. Should the Brooklyn Nets kill five of their players to trigger a disaster draft to improve their roster? The NBA disaster draft is a contingency plan to be used when five or more players on a team have died or have been dismembered. In the draft, the team whose player died will be able to draft the amount of players from other teams equivalent to how many they had lost. Other teams, they are allowed to protect five players from being drafted, but many teams have good six men that are available. With the Nets having bad contracts on underperforming players, such as Ben Simmons, which is still true, but they could also kill two-way players and bench warmers to fill out those five kills to get the disaster draft. (laughs) Also, according to Bill Simmons, the team would also get the first pick in next year's draft. Now, this next draft class is weak. Well, I guess that doesn't even matter anymore. Um, But killing five players on your team on two separate occasions could raise some eyebrows, but this could still greatly improve them. No doubt killing players with bad contracts and then killing your bench warmers for six men would greatly improve them and other teams. What do you guys think? And should any other team do this and who should they kill? Like, should the Pistons do this right now? <laughs> I'm all for the execution of lower tier <laughs> NBA players. Well, we could tell, yeah. <laughs> what about just dismembering? You could dismember five players. So just chopping oh. off limbs. Yeah. Like like Batman, how Batman doesn't kill people, he just paralyzes them. Yeah. Uh <laughs> yeah. Um that. I think yeah, so- instead of the disaster draft, we should do it where like the the last place team in each league get like that might have you, you pick somebody from that team and they get shot and you don't know who it's gonna be, and it, it disincentivizes tanking. Uh, maybe a little too hard no there's no such thing as too hard i think it's the perfect amount of well it feels like we're venturing into that territory Uh, all right there should be a one-on-one tournament every year and the old who's the best player if this if, if we're using a modern example who is the best player that that would be available to you now i don't know this (laughs) Um, so how many can they protect? I already so they can protect five. 
Oh, five. Well, let's five. think about some rosters. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. For the Sixers, like, like the Thunder have got to have six guys where where you yeah. could take one of them. Because it's true, the teams that did a good job of building draft capital and then just have a bunch of really good young, well, potential, high potential players on the roster. They're not going to be able to protect all. But if you're looking at, like, the Celtics, Tatum, Brown, Holiday, who who would be the fourth there? What is it? Oh, for the Celtics? Here, let me look up. Celtics roster. Like, Chris Stops would be protected. Um, Chris to be protected. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and Drew Drew Holiday. And... See, this is the problem. With teams that are this good, I think that there Eric is a White. lot of Eric White, Eric White would get protected. You could Eric. have like Peyton Pritchard. You could have Al Horford. Al Horford. Sam Hauser. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like the Sixers, it would be Embiid, Maxi. Uh God, I don't even know. That's the problem. A lot of these a lot of NBA teams are like three players. Um I guess it would be like Embiid, Maxi, Melton. I don't even want to say Kelly Oubre, even though he has been like our fourth best player this year. But like, I'd want to protect Paul Reed. I love Paul Reed. And then I guess we're protecting. I guess we're protecting Oubre, and then you can have Jaden Springer if you want, <laughs> or Tobias. So like, so for the uh, <laughs> for the for the Thunder, you're protecting SGA, Jalen Williams, Chet Holmgren, Josh Giddy, maybe, and Luke and Dort. Which leaves you with Isaiah Joe or Kaysan Wallace, which would not be bad. Yeah, I bet you could mix a interesting mix of like players on bad contracts that are available, like Tobias Harris. Yes. One year left, by the way. And a couple potential guys. But I don't know if that's much different than what the Nets already look like. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. Is 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 this really a big upgrade? I think is the question. Probably not. <laughs> so, like, for here's here's another one. The Rockets have Dylan Brooks, Jalen Green, Oladipo, Sangoon, Jabari Smith Jr., Fred Van Vliet, Amen Thompson. You know, you can get two of those guys. Or I don't know if you can take two from the same Jack, team. Van Vliet, Thompson. Um, who's the big guy that's doing Sangoon? Yeah, I mean, you can get some you get some young potential players. I do think it's hilarious that a fan got so desperate that they were like, "God, how do we how do we fastly how do we most efficiently and quickly improve the Nets team?" Obviously, we kill five players. You have to kill five. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys have ever done this, but you can on two K if you add an expansion team, you get to do the expansion draft, which has the very similar rules, and you'll find like who. Kind of drops, drops to you. I think it's six protected players on two K, and you get the uh, they give them the third and fourth overall pick. Hmm. Well, never mind then. You can have a small a small version of this. Yeah, wouldn't be the most exciting thing, but I it it sometimes NBA Reddit just has the best post ever. Like there's one about what if Isaiah Thomas had a handgun. Do you think he could become the best defender in the NBA? But the players like do not know that he has a handgun. He can't shoot players. He can only shoot the ball. <laughs> I, I've I've seen one about why don't they like just form a ring around Steph Curry? Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so sometimes NBA Reddit you get some real gems. 
thank you to the to the listener that uh, sent that in. Hope you're having Who a good, hope you're having a good time over in London. Um, ah, that makes sense. So, want to do a little quick debate segment here, a little fun stuff to to end how things are going. Um, so, would you guys rather? Because I actually was listening to a Sixers podcast where this became a very big debate on it, and I had to think about it a little bit. I was like, "That's a good question." So, would you guys rather be able to dunk or be really sick at guitar? Like, you could do a sick guitar. <laughs> um, is this right now, or is this when I was actually playing? Wake that? up tomorrow, and you can dunk, or you can be in just amazing guitar player. Guitar, yeah, guitar. I mean, that's that's so much more useful in, in my life these days. But if you asked me in high school, I'd give you a very different answer. See, that's the I I really was thinking that Skylar, you would say dunk because you're well, a big Cooper, but you've never been able to dunk. Like I've dunked. So oh, get out of town, Sean. All right. How can I dunk? Can I dunk like you dunk or or do I get turned into I think I think to make this more interesting, you can dunk like Dominique Wilkins. Like okay, well, if I can dunk like Dominique Wilkins, I'm gonna start playing a lot more basketball than I'm playing right now. Right. That'd be so fun. Now it would be really cool to like bust out at the park. Totally. You know, fast break and and instead of just taking a little layup like i always have to do like a little baby layup instead i just fucking windmill you know how much i've daydreamed about being the guy in i am so that just shows up and just yams on everyone there i i i too wish i was russell but <laughs> yeah but russell's shoulder falls out every time he does this that is true that's why that's why hey, I russell, sorry sorry about your shoulder sorry, um gee what would you do guitar easily yeah, I, I'm more of a like you daydream about dunking. I daydream when I'm daydreaming about sports or basketball specifically. I'm shooting threes or I'm doing a nice. Can you even imagine pulling up to the to the Weinstein Center and just coming right down the middle of the lane and all of a sudden rising up? <laughs> yeah, but and pulling just... out a guitar at like any event. I think that'll get me further with women than dunking will. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to have to go with guitar. Guitar <laughs> is definitely better for picking up the ladies. I would also say in your, I think Skylar, you've already said this, this was high school or even college. I think I would quickly say, be able to yam like Dominique Wilkins, but you know how much cooler like your late twenties are if you're in a band. Much cooler. Much cooler than whatever I have going on right now. And you're like the sick guitarist <laughs> in the van. Like, much cooler. I have a podcast. That's not nearly as cool. No, it's it's cool. Don't get me wrong. But not nearly as cool. I would get some bad tattoos if I was that good at guitar. I'd just uh, start getting stupid tattoos. I'd get a PBR can on my neck. Right. <laughs> Let us know, listeners. What, what, would you do? what would you do? Um. All right, next, Otani's contract, which... I'm sure you guys saw the news that's all deferred. It's the bullshittest, bullshittest contract ever. But yeah, but what does that mean? So I was curious, why is that better for it? What was he doing? Like, does he not understand inflation? No. And I, yeah, like I get like time value, like, but yeah. Okay. It, so my understanding of this, why it's good for Otani is he can leave California when this contract is up and dodge all those taxes. And oh, all those taxes. That was clever. Sean. I also saw he's making like 50 a year in endorsements alone. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought too, was that he wanted to defer it. That's just because it was... it. 
That's why you can do it. Now, I also saw that the Dodgers actually will have to put 46 against their luxury tax for this. So they're really only saving 24 a year right now because they have to put 44 away in escrow hmm. in order to pay him the interest, like pay him that in 10 years. Yeah, and I was curious when this contract came out. I was like, who owns the Dodgers? Because who is oh, shelling this money? Owner Chelsea, who's spent a billion dollars on players. Well, but it's just it's like it's just a it's a private equity company. Right. Like, you know, at the end of the day, 700 million is actually like a pretty guess small. What, like, and guess what? They might sell the Dodgers before this contract kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> are they talking about selling? No, but I'm saying like. Why are you in the market? Uh, we might be as soon as his ad revenue starts kicking in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Loud and uninformed buys the Dodgers. Anyway. What would you, I got me thinking. What would you guys spend $700 million on other than a single baseball player? Is this like a Brewster's Millions? Like I have a day to do it? It is It is at one like big thing too. All right. Also, I'm going to put it out there. Obviously, we're all good, saintly, heavenly boys. We would all donate it to charity and end world hunger. But we're not. We're For this hypothetical, we're going to do stuff that we really want to do. But for this hypo <laughs> hypothetical, we're doing so much cocaine. <laughs> cocaine. There you go. <laughs> so Skyler, Scarface. <laughs> yeah, I'm immediately. I'm gonna go buy a. I'm gonna go buy a South Beach Beach Mansion. Yeah. As much heavy weaponry as I can buy. Yep. Mountain. Uh, I'm not gonna put constraints on it, but let's not say you're gonna go invested in the S and P 500 over the rest of your life. So. To make a. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll go first. I would spend it on like five or six really good baseball players for my team. You're, are you buying a team? I, I I'm already an owner, but you you've already okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no, you could buy a lot of like good players for that. Yeah, yeah. a lot of money. I think a sports context is actually really interesting for that. Um, I also said I would buy Eagles, Phillies, and Sixers season tickets for all of my friends and family. Nice. Do we get last? Do we count? Yeah, sometimes. I, I don't want to go to. Um, <laughs> um, I would buy an English soccer club. Why not? Like a lower division team. Yeah, I'll go in on that with you. Do you want to co -own? I think yeah. we'd be great co-owners. Could you buy a, a hockey team right now for that much money? Or is everything more expensive than that in the U.S.? Let me, let me check. I want to buy the Columbus crew. You might be able to buy an MLS team. Coyotes value. Uh, four fifty million. So you could buy the Phoenix Coyotes, who I think are the lowest. That that would be the cheapest NHL franchise. Would I have to live in Arizona? Have to. Scottsdale's great. What are you? I talking don't about? golf. Uh, I guess so. um, you have to learn. Then the only reason to live in Arizona. You you could buy the best instructors and have all the best clubs. Like that's you true. know what that that's a good idea, Skylar. I think I'm gonna buy a golf course. There you go. You're welcome. Gee, that's not a bad idea. Build your own golf courses. I was looking at the MSRP on Naval Corvettes, and uh, <laughs> I was going to go there, but I think golf course is a, uh, the way to go. I, I'd, uh, I'd give the money to the Catholic Church so that I can go to heaven. The Catholic Church announced today, Pope Francis in a big change, that uh, homosexual uh, marriages can now be blessed. Hey! So, good job, Catholic Church. So your donation is going to a good deed now. 
No, that's good. Yeah. Did you also see <laughs> that might have been a no, 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 no other. Don't news. talk about it. Do not talk about it. Nothing about Vatican has not done anything bad. So, but, uh, <laughs> I'd also pay to end the Eras tour. Hmm. Interesting. That's still it's still the that's same not enough money. Tour. What the fuck? How I thought she had gone to all the stadiums already. Like what? Well, she's international, man. Keep up. Oh, so it's the international portion. Yeah, she's all over the place. Huh. One one other funny one I thought of is that um, I'd become the favorite man in Philadelphia because I would just anytime the Sixers or the Eagles or even the Flyers and Phillies would sign a poor, a bad contract. I would buy out the players' contract so they no longer had to be on the team. Interesting. So I would do that. Yeah, I don't know that I would donate this money to my local sports team. I probably would. I'd probably get a car. I could use a car. That's not a bad idea. Uh, um, like a, what like a, to the minivan? Dude, the minivan died on the side of the road. I had to sell it for plane tickets. Oh, yeah. that's right. I think he told me. I would buy a new 2008 Honda Odyssey. You know what? I got the money. 2011. There you go. You can do it. Can uh, do it. All right. Rip off the front bumper. Rip off the bumper. for last little fun debate here. Would you rather be a four-year Power 5 quarterback who starts. Speaking of which, you see D- Dylan Rayola just announced Nebraska. I, I just saw that. I was going to bring it up. It was while you were talking NBA, but that's yeah. crazy. Crazy. Yeah. But anyways, be him. Money talks. Um, so would you rather be a four-year Power 5 quarterback, but you don't make it to the league, or the best player on a Cinderella Elite 8 team? And you, you also don't league. make it to the league? I now realize how I wrote that hypothetical. It's not as balanced. Let's say you're the uh, best player in the center of the Elite Eight team and you get like three or four years in the league. Mm. Or or you be that. On like a $1 million deal? You get the minimum, which is like eight. Okay. Uh, wait, what? 800? No, I feel like the, the rookie minimum in the NBA is like. Oh, eight total. Okay. Yeah. Um, Man, the money would be nice, but how so much money? How good of a quarterback are you? So you're like. Stetson Bennett. You're like Ian Book. You can go to the playoffs. Stetson Bennett's a good one. You could win national titles. Uh, okay. So I think you can justify like you're making about as much money through NIL deals if you're a Stetson Bennett at Georgia. Then, Chief, you're not even thinking here. How much money can you make as an insurance agent right afterwards? Yeah, I mean, that's true. So, so I would be an SEC or upper tier Big Ten quarterback. No question. Yeah. So the real question is, do I get to pick the school or is there a chance I end up like Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati, get my college football playoff and nobody cares? You can pick the school and we'll say the Cinderella run, you're Richmond. So you're forever a Richmond legend. Oh, that would be kind of cool, though. But no, it's got to be football. I'd so much rather be like starting quarterback at the University of Miami. Yeah, you would literally Miami has no fans, dude. You should definitely go somewhere else. Skyler, name. like, go somewhere where people would love you, Georgia, Tennessee. They would love me when I was done with them, George. All right, fair enough. You you would uh fill Hard Rock Stadium for once. Yeah, they'd be back, man. They'd be back because of me. All right. No, I want to. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take UC Santa Barbara. I think of good school schools I'd want to go to. <laughs> UC Santa Barbara have an FBS football program. 
Yeah, definitely not FBI. Who were taking them to the top? Go Gauchos. You could maybe do that. I don't know. I mean, Skyler, name, name how like any Miami quarterbacks that didn't play in the NFL, and then name a couple Cinderella run teams, and I bet you can remember the Cinderella run team. Players. Yeah, that is true. But I don't know what Miami teams would have made the playoffs. Like 2000. I will, like I will forever remember the name Scotty Reynolds from Villanova back in the day. Or, uh, well, I guess Doug. Who's the Northern Iowa guy? Oh, crap. We all forgot. I'm just. Well, there you go. I saw Doug Eater, though. St. Peter's. Like, people are. Yeah. I'll exactly. forget that name in a year. The, the name's already basically all but forgotten. Doug? You forgot Doug? Yeah, right. I him already. Where did he end up? All right, let's let's uh, let's wrap it up. Here. <laughs> and now for sage advice from the Sage advice. We said the Chargers, which we talked a lot about, but I guess we can frame it in where are you going? Where are the Chargers going? I kind of touched on it earlier. Um but I would like an offensive-minded head coach. If and it was looking earlier in the year like it might be a legit possibility for Dable to get fired, I think Dable would be the best guy to come in and coach Herbert. Um, that's not going to happen. That's not going to be on the table. Go offensive-minded, though. Uh, I think Herbert needs a little guidance and stability. Um, and, and just find a guy who you can put points on the board with Herbert. I like that. That's very nice. Skyler, you take it. I think for the first time in history, you hire two head coaches. Oh. One pure football guy, jacked, roided out, pure culture. Second guy, five foot six balding nerd, smartest guy you could possibly find. MIT. like Dan Campbell, Mike McDaniel combo. Yes, yeah. exactly. That's what we're going for. But but because you don't have to do both, we're going further in each direction. Oh. And then the the synergy of those two personalities together will rocket this team to the top. All right, I don't I don't mind that. First, if you're the Chargers, move to San Diego or St. Louis. Get out of L.A. I don't know what. St. You're Louis. <laughs> like St. Louis would adopt them in a second, and they'd that actually in base. Um. Secondly, trade Justin Herbert for a boatload of picks to one of these lunatic GMs that thinks he's actually good at football. Sure. Get all the draft picks in the world and rebuild from the ground up. And once you do that, you'll get actual fans and everything will be all right. And you'll get rid of the snake bitten culture that you've had since we've all been alive. Um, hire Phil Philip Rivers as the coach, too. Oh, that's a good one. I was going to say, time to go to Mexico City. You'll get some real fans down there. Oh, geez. (laughs) They are talking about it. I know they are. (laughs) Probably not too much worse in LA. Yeah. They also announced that they're going to do more international games, which I don't know an NFL. You see they're going to South America. Can you imagine looking on your schedule and you get South America? It's like, oh. Not that the NFL. playing Sao Paulo. Fuck (laughs) Not that the NFL's ever listened to their fans in the past, but like I haven't met one fan that actually likes more and more international games. <laughs> That's just... true, but they fill the stadiums. Like the it's always they make the stadiums. That's one thing. They make money, but it's it's 
very rarely with Americans, <laughs> which whatever, share the game. I don't, I don't no, care. I mean, you're share. I get it. Like you're, you're spreading your brand. You're trying to be more like soccer and get an international fan base. Like. Which I will also say the NBA in-season tournament will be played in Beijing in three years time. Calling it now. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, all right. We've done it. Go birds. Go birds. Bye. Go birds. I the birds tonight. I got to three before hurts and now Steve, how are you doing these days? Are you hot or cold? Should I be worried? Uh, you should be worried. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ended on a high note. All right. <laughs> See ya. See ya.